Here's a question that uh, you and I have um, had to answer at different times in, uh, in our lives. And uh, at times when you're doing the right thing, it's really cool to be asked this question. But when you're doing the wrong thing, it's not so cool. And that question simply is, what are you doing? So you're, you're sitting there, you're doing something, whatever it is, and somebody comes up behind you and says, what are you doing? I say, ah, I'm glad you asked, because look at this, and you get to show it off. And then there's other times when maybe you're not doing something that you should be doing, and somebody says, what are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing, and that's about it. When you're, when you're doing the ways of the world, you're really doing nothing. It's, it doesn't accomplish a thing um, for God's kingdom. I want to read you a, a, a statement that a friend of mine uh, uh, stated. And it talks about the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of, uh, of God. And this is how it goes. Man's wisdom is vain, Right? It does nothing to save us. It does nothing to fight temptation for us. It does not help us to do what's right in God's eyes. It did nothing for Solomon. It did nothing for Sodom and Gomorrah. It does nothing for you. The wisdom of this world is the wisdom against God. Okay, so there's some amazing thing that man has done. Every time I look up in the sky when I see one of these jet airliners go, I'm going, how does that even work? That is just so amazing. Man has done incredible things. But we're not talking about that because God has given man wisdom to figure things out. But the wisdom of the world is turning away from God and not giving him the credit for even that but just your own thing and me, 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 I, I. That selfish mentality that all you think about is yourself. That's the deception of the world and get away and do it for you and yeah, okay. So um, today um, we're gonna talk about the spirit world. And the weird thing is, is that if you've believed in the Lord Jesus, you believe in the spirit world. You can't see what's going on around you right now, but you believe there are spirits. There are, there are bad spirits that are trying to manipulate the world, and they're doing a good job, a bad job. Wait, no. Nowadays, you say, what's, you say well, that's bad when it's good. So that's bad. We'll just... But then there's the Spirit of God Almighty. If you believe in the Lord Jesus, He's given you the Holy Spirit inside of you that is all about doing what's right and good. But you're here because you believe in the spirit world. You are awakened in this truth of the spirit world. That the spirit, the reason why you pray is you believe that God Almighty, he can manipulate the physical world. He can cause um, uh, people to be born again. He can cause healings to happen. He can cause amazing things. I'm thinking that there's a lot of you right here that have seen some amazing supernatural things and you're going, yeah, yes, pastor. 
So we come together and, and we believe, and that's why we pray to God Almighty, who is spirit, and Jesus is the image of the visible God, right? He came and he dwelt among us. So what is uh, Colossians? Let's see. Colossians uh, 1 starts at 13. Um, For we have been delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of the beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. And he is the uh, image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, visible and invisible. Wow, right? Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. You believe in the spirits. You believe in the spirit world. You believe in the power of prayer that can push away the darkness, that can cast out demons. You believe that you can, through the power of God, that you can see God heal. You know, most amazing healing you could ever see is when one's life is changed and they've received the forgiveness of sin and they begin walking in the boldness and confidence of God. When you see lives change, you see amazing healings. Um, Peter says about Jesus in in Corinthians when he's reporting, uh, when he's talking out to the crowd, he said, um, he, Jesus, went about doing all good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. I believe that there's some in this room that have been oppressed by the devil and you've been set free. The shackles are off. Praise God, amen? That God Almighty is helping you to walk in newness of life. Take the chains off. Don't put them back on. (laughs) You're free. You're free to live and to walk and to know him. So open up to Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1, Uh, Dale read it earlier also in Acts chapter 1. What we find is um, this power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus just said that they're going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And in my simple brain, explaining uh, the Holy Spirit and his power, I condense it to three things. First of all, he convicts us of sin. That's the Holy Spirit. Now, the devil's not going to convict you of sin, right? He's going to say, no, feels good, do it. Uh, It'll destroy your life, but you'll love it, you know? Many of you have been delivered from drugs and alcohol. You know that trick that Satan has done to say, no, this is good. You'll just have a great time, and it's destroyed your life. But he's given you a new life now. So he convicts of sin, the Holy Spirit. Jesus talks about that in John 16. The next thing he does is, with that, he causes you to be born again. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. You cannot say Jesus is Lord unless the Holy Spirit has awakened you. And I mean Jesus from your heart that you you now want to please this one that saved you. Okay, So he convicts of sin. He causes you to be born again. And the third one that we're talking about here today is that he gives you the power to be his witness, the power to live this new life. See, you weren't designed to live this life without that power. And I have to confess, and I've done it before, is that so much of my Christian life after believing in Jesus, I was living it in my own flesh. 
I wasn't. So we can believe in God, but lack the power. I did not walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit to do what he's planned. And that's, that's a pitiful thing. But because I know that, I can see that in other people's lives. There was a couple that sat in the office here and I said, have you ever been filled with the Spirit? And they were having marital problems and they looked at me and said, no, never. And they've been believers for years. Never. So, so what is that? What, it's being filled with the Spirit is giving yourself entirely to the Lord, saying, fill me with that spirit, because you believe in the spirit world. You believe that people be, can become demon-possessed, and what did they do? They opened themselves up for the demon spirits to take over. The opposite is what we're doing, is we believe in this loving God, and we're saying, take over all. That's where the filling of the spirit comes. Um, so he talks about this filling here. He says in verse 8 of Acts chapter 1, but you will be... You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world. So he told them to wait until they receive the power to do the work. And so um, we still believe that the Holy Spirit has awakened us, he's in us, but there's this place of giving to him and receiving that power to do the kingdom work to do the kingdom work. And when you realize that you're doing it, you're going, that's not me. I would never do that. That's got to be God. I, it's way above, even a little bit above, what you would do in the flesh. It's like, no, I can't do that. Well, through the Holy Spirit, you can. And that's why Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Whatever he's called me to do, he's going to supply the power. So we get this time in this teaching that the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples and then they went out. They were bold as lions. They were afraid. And then they went out bold as lions, declaring Jesus Christ, him crucified, risen again. It, they, they declared this. And so evidence of that power. And then they were, they were healing relationships and people. And evidence of God's power is, is this healing, this healing in people's lives. You know, everybody needs healing. We've all been wounded. We're sensitive creatures. Stuff happens. One word can ruin our day, right? We, we need healing. And so when you and I participate in God's healing plan, we're participating in the Spirit's work. And when we consciously say, Lord, take all of me, fill me, you, you do it. I agree with you, Lord. So Paul teaches in Ephesians, don't be controlled by wine, but be controlled with the Holy Spirit. So... It's weird how we can do that. And so uh, asking even in Luke, it says, ask for the Holy Spirit. Ask for all these good things. Ask for the Holy Spirit. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be open. Um, ask, ask, seek and knock and it will be given to you. Evidence of the Holy Spirit. So some of you even, and what we're going to see here is there's been times that the Lord um, has made the spirit world visible to you. Some of you have experienced that. Um, and so we're going to look at this here where the, the spirit world was made visible to uh, the disciples as they waited for them. Um, so in Acts chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 9, 
Now, when he had spoken these things, so Jesus just said, you're going to be my witness. They watched and he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. So there was the resurrected Christ. There he was. They had touched his hands and and they had eaten with him. And for 40 days, he had spent time with them, teaching them one more time that they were to be the witness. He gave them all the teaching. And now he's saying, wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Once he said that, all of a sudden, Jesus' feet started to leave the ground. They were seeing something not natural. And the scripture says that they watched him go up into a cloud and go into heaven. Well, now, this wasn't a natural cloud. And the Bible speaks about clouds in the Bible and not natural clouds, but spirit clouds, supernatural clouds, God clouds. Now, we in Ferndale, we know a lot of clouds. We know something about clouds, right? Clouds. And uh, sometimes it's been so foggy, it's really dangerous. There was a friend of mine was doing a little bit of... of uh, sport fishing out there between Lummi Island and, and uh, he, he went out of Gooseberry. And all of a sudden, this cloud came, this dense, thick cloud, and he didn't know which way he was going. So he just, he just cut everything and just said, turn it off. We're just, and it wasn't, it, w- it wasn't stormy. So he couldn't see this way or that way. He didn't know which way he was going. And so they were just listening to see. And so kind of like, where are we going to end up? They were at complete, they were completely without what to do, right? I think they started throwing stuff out to see if they could tell. I don't know if that worked or not. Maybe bread for the, I don't know. But he said, pretty soon, he said, we heard a dog barking. Oh, God, we're getting close. And so as, as they got closer and they were hearing the dog on the shore and then the cloud kind of started lifting and they were over at Sandy Point. Somehow they ended up way over there. Um, but we're talking about a different cloud here. And so I'd like you to go on a trip with me into the Old Testament. I'd like you to uh, uh, go to Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13. So Genesis, and the very next book is Exodus, Exodus 13. And um, this is when God set them free from Egypt, and uh, Pharaoh's army then was pursuing them. And here's what this supernatural cloud did. So if you are in the second book in the Bible, Old Testament, uh, chapter 13, look at verse 20. So when... uh, so they took their journey from Succoth and camped in Atham at the edge of the wilderness. Verse 21. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way. The Lord, the Lord did this. He was in this cloud. Um, a visual that God wanted them to see of himself was this cloud. This wasn't a natural cloud. This, it says the Lord. So his form it was the cloud. Do you remember when the Lord spoke to Moses out of the burning bush? It was not a natural bush burning up. It did not burn up, but there was a flame there. 
And God spoke to Moses. So it says here, the pillar of cloud to lead the way by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so as they could go day and night. And he did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. He was protecting them. So as I step through these passages, God is the God that protects. And he showed himself powerful in this way. He's the God that protects. Now, go to the next chapter 14 and look at verse 19. Now it says of the Lord, the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel and moved and went behind them and the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. It came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one and it gave light by night to the other so that the one did not come near the other all that night. Was that beautiful? That was, it says, the angel of the Lord. So now they're getting a glimpse into the invisible world of what God is doing. And he chose to show them in this form. And in this cloud, he'd make darkness to the Egyptians so they couldn't see and they couldn't go after um, uh, God's people. And on the other side, it was light. It was giving light for them to travel. God was protecting them. Now, the reality is that there is, there is an invisible God that has protected many of you from things that could have happened. And you're sitting here today thinking about those things. What could have happened? What could have taken your life? What could have? And God had different plans for you. You didn't, maybe you didn't see the angel. Maybe you didn't see into the spirit world. And yet he protected you for another day to do what? Remember I asked that question? What are you doing? What are you doing today? Why did you come to church today? What, what is it? You believe that God has a way for you to live and you believe in the power of God. That's why you pray. You believe that he has something for you to do. Yvonne believes that born again people that are going to help out at this pioneer days is really important to the kingdom of God because who we rub shoulders with, who we talk to, is all part of God's plan to help the lost find him. So it's an opportunity for us to be there in another, another avenue that God has for us. So he's, this is this cloud, this, this God cloud. This is not a natural cloud. This, he protects. Uh, go to Second Chronicles. So you are in Exodus Go uh, past Exodus and you know, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, uh, Joshua, Judges, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Chronicles. That's the next one. No, Kings. Sorry, Kings is right in there. So go past Kings. It's right after Kings. So 1 Chronicles, uh, no, 2 Chronicles. Okay, you following me? <laughs> My dyslexia is setting in there. Uh, second Chronicles, there's a first one and, and his brother, second one, just kidding. Second one there, Second Chronicles chapter 5, 
we're going to see this cloud again, this God cloud, not a natural cloud. So uh, verse 13, so Second Chronicles chapter 5, verse 13. Watch what happens here. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters, and let me just stop for a moment. Um, the temple was built by Solomon, and this was the time of rejoicing. This was the time of praising God. Everything was built, and now it was, it was party time, and the trumpeters are playing and just praising God for what he has done. I mean, uh, the kingdom is at the height of its glory right now, and so they're praising the Lord. So watch this. So the trumpeters, verse 13, and the singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And they lifted up their voices with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord. And here's what they said. For he is good and his mercy is forever. Wow. Wow. It's important to sing. It's important. These words right here, his mercy, that's God's heart. And they were singing who God is. They were singing to God about himself. And they were saying, you are merciful. Do you know how much therapy and power there is in praising and thanking God? When we, when we get to that point, even as we sing in here as a group, but even by yourself, when you practice praise and thanksgiving, God is so well pleased God, you're putting him in the right perspective. And I want to just say, if you're, if you're kind of depressed, if you're kind of, try this therapy on, right? <laughs> try praising and thanking God for all that is good and, and who he is and all that he's done for you. And watch what happens to your heart and your mind. It's like, it's like it just clears up, like having one of those halls, right? And you suck it in and go, whoa, everything's clear now. It's praising God is something I want to confess again. I haven't done well in my Christian walk. It's like most of the time I'm going, Lord, please help me. I just need some help. And instead of, Lord, I just want to take some time to praise and thank you. And I haven't done that well. And so I'm learning. I'm learning that there's power in praising and thanking the Lord for all that he's done. Now watch what, the reason I say this is watch what happens here. So after they were singing this, for he is good and his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. Ooh, yikes, really? What is this cloud? Oh my goodness. So that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house. They couldn't do it anymore. The presence of God in that cloud, that unnatural cloud, the Lord himself in that cloud, the angel of the Lord was there so much that they were just going. And I was thinking about pure power. When you get close to some of those electrical lines and it's, they're buzzing, you're going, yeah, I better not. I better be careful about that power. God is almighty, all powerful. And yet he loves you and me. When we understand that, it's an amazing, powerful thing within us that he loves us that much. This power of the universe is God himself. So, but there's something about God's power 
The angels are singing day and night right now, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy. They sing holy, holy, holy. He, he is power, so powerful, he's pure and holy. Ultimate power where there's no, there's nothing bad. Do you know why the fire? The fire burns away the things that are not good. And only the thing that is pure can happen. God's cleansing power within you and me. No one, he cleans away the sin that's in us with his power. Do you know what? In 1 Peter, Peter says, let's look at that. 1 Peter, so you're in Chronicles. We're done with Chronicles, New Testament. Go all the way through the New Testament, almost back by Revelation. You'll get 1 and 2 Peter. Almost back by Revelation. If you get to Revelation, just go back in a little bit and you'll find. First Peter. First Peter. Uh, chapter. Um, chapter. It's coming. I, I didn't write this one down. So let me. Uh, I'm thinking, is it first Peter or second Peter? Okay, here it's it's coming. All right, some of you are practicing. Um, no, it's about uh, he is holy. And there, okay, here it is, First Peter chapter one. And yes, that's a good one. Gold refined by fire. Thank you, Lord. Um, chapter thirteen, First Peter chapter one, verse thirteen. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Here we go. Verse 14. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lust which were yours in your ignorance, but he who called you is holy, so be holy yourselves in all of your conduct because it is written be holy as I am holy so there's something that I'm figuring out even right now if I want to see more of the power of God he's asked me to be holy that means I'm to hate sin and I'm to cling to all that is good and following God I believe that by obedience, you and I are going to be able to participate more and more in the power of God. His holiness, his character in us, the more that he transforms us more and more into his likeness, the more power that we will know in our own lives and we will be able to see evidence of his power around us and even, I believe, participate in something that is greater than ourselves, in this invisible world that we come here and we believe. The power of God, obeying him, he is holy. Turn to Mark chapter 9, another cloud. Mark chapter 9. So you're in Peter, 
uh, thumb towards, uh, you're still in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark. There you go, Matthew, Mark, second book in the New Testament. Mark chapter 9, look at verse 7. Mark 9, verse 7. So this was uh, a transfiguration where Jesus took a few of the disciples with him, Peter, James, and John, and they went up on the mountain, and uh, he was transfigured. There was a transforming work. They knew Jesus in the physical, and, and then they got to see Jesus, I believe, in the resurrected Christ. They got to see Jesus in his glory, um, the image of the invisible God. Um, so look at verse 7. And a cloud came over and came and overshadowed them. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. <laughs> and then it says, suddenly they looked around and they didn't see anyone except Jesus there. So for a glimpse, they had a glimpse of God's glory. He revealed the invisible world to them. Glimpse. And they got to hear God, the Father himself, say, this is my... The cloud came, and then it was gone. I believe that maybe even daily, God gives you a glimpse of his glory. Something that is good. Something that is evident that that's God's heart. Something like forgiveness. When he says... Forgive as others as I've forgiven you. Something like reconciling relationships, humbling yourself before another. That's evidence of a glimpse of God in his kingdom. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something that I didn't uh, didn't plan on, but I, I just want to take a few minutes here and I wanna I'm gonna call Johnny. I wanna call Johnny up. Johnny I I know this is shocking you, but I want you to come up for a minute, Johnny. I know it. I know it. Um, here's a testimony for you. Uh, Johnny, uh, he, his relationship with his daughter has been strained. And she moved over to Wyoming. No, Nebraska. Omaha, Nebraska. And so since Johnny retired, uh, God has been impressing on his heart that he needs to write this relationship. And so, Johnny, what happened last Tuesday? I mean, we were talking about it, and the next thing, John, come tell, tell what happened last Tuesday. You're going to have to help me out. Um, okay. I do remember making a comment to you and Natty that I may not be in church Sunday. I've yeah. never seen that. Yeah. And I knew in my heart that I was being stirred by, I was driven. I was so driven. Um, like what Pastor Steve said, that um, over 10 years, um, my relationship with my daughter has been just a struggle. And I don't even want to get into that, you guys. But what, what you I don't want, have to, yeah. What, what, what I want to get into is I was so, um, I did something really nuts, and that was, um, is that what you're asking? Yeah, Johnny. Okay, all right. No, um, I want. Okay, th- this is what was going on. I wanted. Um, 
I wanted to heal this relationship between I and my daughter. And me being the father, I I came to terms with, I'm just going to keep in mind this was, I couldn't do this. I was, ask Lori, 10 years, I was a a madman. And um, God just tore, just shredded everything. All, all the hardness of the heart. Um, Lori described it as a, as a dam where there's a crack. It starts with a crack. That's not good news for a dam. Mm-hmm. And she saw And then there, there was a flood. And um, I, I wanted to, my mission was to get to Omaha, wrap my arms around my little girl, and hold her. I'm your daddy, I love you. Um, and apologize. Apologize for all the hurt, all the anguish, all the, everything that I brought to the, to the Paya's family. And um, I jumped, Friday came, all of a sudden, Friday came around, I kissed Lori goodbye to go to go to work, I'm retired, right? <laughs> and um, I'm sitting down in the living room, and all of a sudden I realized, I'm going to Omaha. I did not want, I'm 66 years old. I don't know, am I going to be alive tomorrow? Are any of us going to be alive tomorrow? And I wanted to mend that. I did not want the enemy, if I was, if anything was to happen to me, heart attack, stroke, T-bone, you name it in this world. Um, I did not want the enemy to th- to torment my daughter because there was no healing. So I got in the car, left at 10 a.m. Um, I'm a guy. I don't need much. And, um, and in the car, I went. I made it to Omaha. What, honey, three days? <laughs> Four? Four? I made it to Omaha. My, you want me to tell this, more of the story? No, no. Okay. You better slow it down here. Wait, wait. Stay here a moment. So I'm going to just fill in some stuff, and then you can. So... Um, so this dad said, I'm going. And so um, his wife shows up at the prayer meeting and said, pray for Johnny. He's gone. He's gone where? He's gone to Omaha. What? So we, we get to pray on a prayer meeting. And okay. So some of you also knew that he was on his way. So um, his phone quits working. And he's trying. Well, that's how you navigate. And uh, I'm, I'm glad for a map. But um, anyways, long story short, he gets there and he's driving around the neighborhood like a guy not asking for directions. <laughs> and and so, um, so finally there's a guy working and he humbles himself to ask this guy if he could uh, t- call his daughter on the phone, called the daughter on the phone. And she, she drove and they met at, the, at a service station or uh, anyways drove there. And so healing happened for a day and a half. Yeah. A day and a half. Yeah. Um, on the way, while the phone was still working, my, 
my wife tells me, hey, um, make sure that's that's cool, but make sure you're back Sunday because we're doing worship for the for the Native American. Um, the Koreans are coming to pray. Yeah. Oh well, and I'm, I haven't even got to Omaha yet, <laughs> and I'm like, what? So I only had a I only had a day and a half to be with my wife and her family, and it was awesome. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It was awesome. Johnny, let me just thank the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, uh, evidence of your power is this healing power that through Johnny, your Holy Spirit said, healing needs to happen. And he realized his part. None of us can point the finger. We've all got a part to play. So, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Transforming Johnny, transforming uh, this life into one that... uh, humbles himself and is a reconciler of relationships and that one right there. So he wrapped his arms around his daughter. They kissed her on the forehead. He got to hug the grandkids and love happened and that was evidence of the power of God. And so Lord, as time goes on, we know the enemy will want to attack again. And and so we just pray over um, Johnny and Lori and family, Lord God, that you would keep that open and keep them humbling themselves before you and keep them experiencing healing. Lord, we bless your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Johnny. Um, can I have like 15 seconds? 15 seconds. Okay. Like, can I pray, just pray over you guys? Yeah. I just want to pray and release. Yeah. Lord, again, Lord, I boldly come into your throne room and I ask God, for bitter, if there's any bitterness, Lord, in this house, it would be lifted up to you, Lord. Yes, Lord. You're a rewarder of those, Lord, that cry. Lord, do it. Yes. Humble hearts this very moment. Defeat the enemy, God. Yes, Lord. Release goodness and healing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank amen. you. Thank you, brother. Yes. God's presence is with us. We cannot see him, but we see evidence in others' lives. We see evidence of God's power working. This is God's kingdom. In Romans, it says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's the power of God. There's so much power waiting and available for you and for me, but we've got to do it God's way, not our way, but God's way and watch his power happen. So the disciples, I got a few minutes, go back to Acts chapter one. So the disciples got to experience something amazing, not even just the resurrected Christ, but they got to see this kind of, this kind of power um, happened. So they saw Christ go up into the cloud. Um, and, and all of a sudden, in verse 10, it says, Acts chapter 1, verse 10, while they were looking steadfast towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. So I was thinking, I'm picturing this as they were just, they're seeing something uh, unnatural and, and there Jesus went and as they're standing there I think with their mouths open right watching this 
maybe in shock. I wonder how long they were standing there, right? <laughs> Could have been a while. And, uh, and then suddenly they noticed there were two, two guys in white apparel. Here's something interesting. The spirit world was made visible to them right there. These were angels. Now, uh, in man's wisdom, there's painting of angels that are chubby babies with little wings floating around with little arrows. Uh, But in the scriptures, these angels are powerful beings and they're messengers of God. They're powerful beings. And in... uh, And in the scriptures, it talks that there are some with wings, some with four wings, some with four faces. That if you saw one of those, you would do like most of the people in the Bible. They were fearful. They were scared to death. You see a supernatural being like that. But most of them, God caused them to look like you and me. And even in Hebrews, it says, be careful about entertaining strangers because you may have angels among you. They look like men here. And the men said, uh, they would say, why are you standing here looking up there? Um, There were two angels also that appeared in the tomb when Mary looked in. There was two angels, and they said to her, so why are you weeping? So these messengers, some, most of the time we don't see them. We don't see them in the room here. We believe that God uses his messengers, invisible angel spirits, to come and minister. We believe that. Maybe even ministering to your heart right now over something that you need to do. Only through the power of God can it happen. So they stood by and they asked that question. Now these are messengers of God. Interesting enough that Jesus trained his disciples to be messengers also. That God created the angels to be messengers, that they brought the message to Mary, They brought the message here. Why are you standing here looking up? And he had the disciples become messengers. And they were to go and they were to to proclaim the kingdom of heaven. They were to go and proclaim the kingdom of heaven. They were to bring healing with them. They they uh, They were given the power to cast out demons. Do you know you and I have the power to pray those things for people? Not that we get puffed up, but that we would pray healing, even supernatural healing. People set free. And we pray casting out of demons. That God does that thing. We pray and we ask the power from God to do these things, to set people free. So then the disciples were given that ministry. They were messengers. And I believe that every single one of you are a messenger. You have a message to give. And really the message is the way you live your life and helping people find this God that so loves the world. This God that causes each one 
to be born again. This God that so loves. Um, in Titus 3, it talks about this amazing love. I'm going to I'm going to do this one and we're going to come to a close. I have a timekeeper here. Her name is Lynn and she points to her watch when I get closer and she hasn't done it yet. So I still have time to go to this one. Titus is right behind Timothy. Um, And I want you to hear Paul inspired by the Holy Spirit talks about this, what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. Um, chapter 3, Titus chapter 3, verse 4. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appears, not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saves us. Through the washing and regeneration or born again and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. That is the gift that Christ gives us, is that by his life, by his death and burial and resurrection, uh, we get this new life to live and through the power of the Holy Spirit. 